Veterans Path, helping veterans find peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor through practical tools like meditation and mindfulness, physical and outdoor experiences, and a community of camaraderie. I'm John McCaskill, a Navy SEAL commander turned mindfulness teacher. Here on the Veterans Path podcast, I interview veterans, athletes, corporate leaders, and many others who found peace through the practices of meditation and mindfulness, breaking down the stigma of pursuing mental health and making it a priority, improving and saving lives. All right, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day. I'm John McCaskill, and my guest today is Air Force veteran and professional musician, Travis James Humphrey. Born and raised in northern Maine, and he currently lives in Hallowell, Maine. Am I, am I saying that right? Hallowell? Yes, sir. All right. Yep. Hallowell, uh, Hallowell. Hallowell. Okay, yeah. Hallowell. There you go. He practices meditation, <laughs> and he's been practicing for 15-plus years to mitigate the effects of PTSD from childhood, sexual abuse, bipolar disorder, and alcoholism. And from that, he's been sober for six and a half years, or over six and a half years. So great job, man. Uh, we're going to learn a lot more about Travis, his time in the Air Force, his professional music career, his overcoming childhood trauma, and his triumph over alcoholism. That's all here in today's episode of the Veterans Path Podcast. But before we jump into the conversation with Travis, I'll go ahead and stop here for a quick plug for our sponsors. All right, welcome back. As mentioned before the break, my guest today is Air Force veteran turned professional musician, Travis James Humphrey. One thing I did forget to mention before the break is at the end of today's show, instead of using the regular outro, we'll actually be using one of Travis's songs. So go ahead and listen to the entire show and you get to listen to one of Travis's songs. Welcome to the show, Travis. Thank you for having me, John. How have you been, man? Uh, I've been doing okay. been doing okay. It's, uh, we, when we first set this up, uh, I, uh, it's funny, I, you know, I had an unusually good stretch of mental and physical health. And then, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, things just kind of took a little nosedive in my head, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of good that we're talking today, I think, because, um, I, you know, I had to kind of pull myself out of that. And as, as one does, I think when, when they have stuff going on and, uh, so I can kind of speak to some of that with a very fresh <laughs> perspective of, you know, kind of using tools to, uh, I don't know, mitigate the effects of, uh, you know, just the monkey mind and the trauma and the, go, all the weirdness. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, just the fact that you realize that you have ups and downs, I mean, that's an important piece. And then, like you mentioned, you have those tools in your tool bag that you can uh, tap into to help when you have those those downs. That's uh, that's an important piece. So good for you. And as far as uh, professionally, what have you been up to since we last spoke? Oh, geez. Um, just, you know, doing a lot of the doing a lot of the same stuff, um, which is kind of one of the, the beautiful things about the business model uh, that I kind of set up is instead of this extensive touring or anything like that, I've really kind of set up my business so that I'm at, I, I have regular gigs throughout the week. So, you know, every Tuesday I'm at like Gritty's uh, in Portland, Maine, or in every Wednesday I'm at Champion Sports Bar in, uh, in Biddeford, Maine, and every 
what is it, uh, Thursday, I'm at the Corey Tap Room in Hollowell, Maine, right here in the nice where I live. Yeah, it's you know, and then Fridays I'm at the Dogfish Bar and Grill in Portland again, and it's just it's really cool to be able to form those relationships with the businesses and the people that come there regularly um, sure. as a musician and just kind of yeah, you know, as a just as a person. Yeah, and, and I'm sure having uh, that you know a steady gig where one you don't have to travel and two you know where you're going to be every week, every uh, every day of every week, um, or at least you know what is it Tuesday through. Friday, you at least know those are going to be steady right. gigs, so that helps to bring the stress yeah. level down. So, good deal, man. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good, that's a really good point. Yeah. So, yeah, what I'm doing uh, before every show is, or at the beginning of every show rather, is I introduce the show, why we're doing it, who we are with Veterans Path, and then, uh, and then I will jump into our actual conversation. So, that all said, before we get into the questions. Um, Veterans Path introduces veterans to meditation and mindfulness, typically in outdoor settings, so they can rediscover peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor. And that's where the word path in our name comes from, peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor. And the point of this podcast is to make people more aware of what we do to increase support of and attendance at our retreats, while simultaneously reducing the stigma around seeking mental health support. Listeners can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. All right, that all said, we'll get into the meat and potatoes of the show. So outside of a professional bio that I just covered, what else would you like our listeners to know about you? Ah, geez. Um, you know, I, I guess first and foremost, uh, I have a wonderful partner and wife um who helps me uh along every step of this journey and uh you know i think it's not something i mentioned when we first talked but i having some sort of support you know another another person that is just kind of there for you no matter what is um a huge part of healing and a huge part of I don't know, just, just going through this life and, you know, and trying to do, do so in, intact, you know, oh, no and if, you know, that's, no it's, it's a big thing. And so I guess I, I want to throw that just, I just want to throw that out there that that's a huge thing. And that's a huge blessing in my life. And, um, probably the thing I'm most thankful for, um, you know, other than that, uh, I just, I just kind of love going through my day, um, trying to be as present as possible, trying to notice what's around me and appreciate what's around me and appreciate and live in the present moment. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of what I kind of get off on, you know? Yeah, there you go, man. I mean, and that's, that's what this show's all about is, is talking about being present, talking about, uh, community, talking about support, so you hit you hit it all right there, man, um, with with your wife and the support that she is for you, and then you're being present in the here and now. So, yeah, how how long have you two been married? Uh, here we've been married. It'll be 19 years coming up this uh, this fall. We've been together 20 years um, coming nice. up this May, which really, yeah, that's and that's kind of the anniversary anniversary we actually celebrate because yeah. When That's we met, cool. we, it was like, 
yeah, we met, we were together and that was it. <laughs> there you go. So, so, yeah. uh, shifting gears to your professional career and then I'll, I'll come full circle back to your, your personal stuff, um, or your personal yeah. life rather. Um, you're a professional musician. How long have you been playing music and what instruments do you play? Okay. Uh, let's see. I've been playing music since, I mean, I was a little kid. Uh, my dad's a musician. Um, so there's always instruments and music around the house. And, uh, he was always very generous in, in teaching me and, and, you know, some, t and sharing this or letting me stage with him, you know, at, at certain points. And, um, so, I mean, guitar is my, is my main instrument, I would say guitar and vocals. Um, but I play bass guitar as well. Um, I play some banjo, play some mandolin, um, a little piano, uh, not, not at a professional level. Um, and I I'm like sure to, I'll, I mean, I'll mess. Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but it's, That's you awesome, know, I wouldn't, man. I wouldn't be funny. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't, but maybe the rest of us would. And I've got a little, I've got a, <laughs> uh, a three-year-old almost three -year -old little girl, uh, actually turns three in about two weeks. And uh, and she started to really take to musical instruments and we've got her in dance class. Oh, wow. um, she's she's <laughs> She's got a, a violin uh, at, at three years old. Oh. And, I mean, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't hold it right and she doesn't play it right yet. Um, but she's she's in love with the thing. Like she sleeps with the with the violin case in her bed, and um, is absolutely uh, obsessed well, with it. Like those, those are the first questions out of her mouth when she wakes up: "Is where's my violin?" And we're like, "It's right there, baby. It's right there, <laughs> right there, right next to you." <laughs> but uh, that is amazing. Uh, yeah. Wow. But I mean, I think there's so much value in starting early with a, a musical background that yeah. lays the foundation for so much more uh, throughout your life. Yeah. I mean. It, it, that, that in today's modern day and age is considered important in school, right? You talk, you got your, your STEM courses and a lot of that people don't realize that can be improved through the arts and, and music in oh, particular as you're, as you're reading notes, you having to break them down into fractions and add them together and, and uh, you know, change the timing of the music. And, uh, and it's, it's pretty amazing how music can, really help to improve uh so much of the other things that again in today's modern day and age is considered the foundation for schooling but uh, i think that's awesome mm. that you started early man and and that you're playing so many instruments so now you you grew up playing instruments and then you you joined the air force at what age were you when you entered the air force oh man i went uh, i was 18 when i went in um yeah i I, when I was in high school, I, I loved music. I was playing a lot of music, um, but I also really had wanted to be a part of the military, um, or to be, it was, I, I either thought I was going to be in the military or I was going to be state trooper, or I was going to be a rock star. I, I wasn't <laughs> sure which. So, uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I went through, you know, like the college process or I mean the applying to college process and all that stuff. And my senior year was kind of tumultuous in the uh, sense that I got accepted to college and a, and a good one. And I, uh, and I was going to study criminal justice. And, um, 
I had already kind of talked to uh, military recruiters before that, um, and but I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't checked out the Air Force. Um, I had checked out the Marine Corps, and uh, and it's just, it, I, I could tell it wasn't really going to be a fit for me, and um, so I, I was, I don't, you know, so I was like, okay, state trooper, going to be state trooper, going to go to be criminal justice, and. Uh, and then I was at this, uh, I was just at this music event and I saw people up on stage playing music. And, um, I was like, I just had this incredible feeling of, I need to be the one that's up there playing music. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it was just, it was this crazy pull. It was this thing. I guess I was, maybe I was just contemplating a life where that was not the main focus for me. And, and that just didn't feel right. And, uh, so I went home and I said uh, to my folks who were surprisingly understanding, um, you know, guys, I'm really sorry, but I can't, I can't do this particular track that you've set me up for. And I, and I want it, you know, and I, and they, they were surprisingly cool about it. So we started looking into, um, you know, maybe like music, music school options that I might be able to do. And then, um, the but then I I remember I had remembered the military band system because you know I mean every year or so like an army band it was usually an army band but I think an air force band came through once and and the air force um, especially has a lot of um, field bands where they have like rock bands or country bands or uh, pop music bands yeah oh yeah yeah and um, and I mean their whole purpose is to either uh, when they go through schools is to recruit and bring, um, you know, bring awareness that there is, you know, a, the, you know, the, for instance, the air force as a, as a, just that we're, Hey, we're here. And B it's also, you know, public relations. And then, um, that's kind of the external, uh, use of, of the band system. And, uh, yeah. So I just kind of happened to remember that. And I was like, geez, that kind of, that would kind of fuse a couple of things that would give me a chance to explore the military and music. And, um, so I reached out to an air force recruiter and, uh, and she was great. Um, and she helped walk me through the process. So I, I auditioned for a field band. Um, I was accepted. Uh, and then I went right to basic training a couple of days after I, uh, graduated high school. And, um, Spent the uh, spent the summer in beautiful Lackland uh, Air Force Base, San Antonio, Texas, <laughs> and it was very, very, very hot. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then uh, and then I was and then from from there with the Air Force band system, you have to go in um, with regard to your uh, your skill level has to be um, as if you've already gone through tech school. Okay. So. So you go straight to your unit after basic training, as opposed to say going to um, a technical school. Right. Um, so yeah, so so I went and uh, spent a couple of years in a field band um, out of uh, or in uh, was it Bedford uh, Hanscom Air Force Base, and then after that, and there was an opening down in the uh, one of the premier bands in D.C. Um, for. Um, the Air Force Country Band, the which I know it's weird that there's such a thing, and I don't think there is anymore. I think I think it's disbanded now. But um, 
but it was, and, uh, that was, that was a great fit for me. Um, I went down, I tried out, I got in, um, and I was there for the next, uh, about six years. Wow. In um, DC, in the Air Force? Yeah. Army. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Weird gig. It was like, yeah, the, the, like the military, being in a military band, like that's not a ceremonial band. Um, you know, like kind of, it's, it's sort of like being in a wedding band with guns, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's real weird. Yeah. Uh, Are you but wearing it's, a uniform? But it's, but it's great. Yeah. 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 I mean, wow. well, uh, most, mostly there were some, some shows like where you, uh, especially like for kind of what I refer to as like internal shows. So shows where you're not really playing for the public as much. It's more, uh-huh. you're playing for people in the military. Sometimes, you know, we do more of a kind of like, you know, like Garth Brooks shirts and cowboy hats and jeans kind of thing. It depend, would depend on, on the audience, but, uh, but yeah, most, most part we were in uniform. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. So you did that for, you did the air force gig for eight years, six of which were in DC for this air force country band. Um, at that yeah. point, uh, you decided that you'd had enough with the Air Force and you wanted to do your own gigs, or <laughs> how, how did that work? Yeah, you know, um, it was it was kind of kind of kind of a weird thing. I I had been in and I had been I'd been thinking about a lot a lot of a lot of different career paths in the military, and uh, you know, I, I was enjoying very much enjoying being in the band, but there was also something in me that just felt like I wanted to do something more, uh, I don't know. Um, I guess, I suppose you could say either combat based or, um, operational. Yeah. Um, so I I was, I was kind of, I was looking into a lot of options and one of the things that really stuck out for her, um, stuck out for me, uh, was, uh, in, in the air force, we have, uh, PJs or terror rescue. Right. Um, it's part of, special operations and uh i was really interested in that um and i had a couple of options to kind of go down and and try to you know make selection but i there was some part of me that knew um and this is this is going somewhere not just hey, i almost wanted to be in uh, special operations it's uh it's not that it's uh i knew that like because i was in really good physical condition i was like you know, I had some like base records and stuff, and nice. uh, and I was and I was kind of training in in my mind. I was kind of training for that, but as about year four, uh, I reenlisted. But I started realizing that um, I, I knew my mental game wasn't going to be sufficient for that because uh, my my mental health kind of started breaking down a little bit. Um, and but I. I just always, I always knew I was kind of what would be considered moody, um, you know, like kind of big ups, big downs. Um, but it was, I, you know, I just, but I didn't, I just thought, you know, oh, I'm kind of people always said I had like an artistic temperament or, or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, so, but I, so I, there was just, there was part of me that knew that, um, regardless of how many push-ups I could do or how many miles I could run or whatever, like there was, I, I, I knew I didn't have the mental game. And, um, so I kind of, 
just refocused on the music and uh, kind of admired those dudes from afar. Um, and about six years in, though, uh, I my my mental health really started taking a uh, a downward spiral. I was I knew I, I mean I was keeping it together, you know, um, yeah. externally. Uh, I was I was able to do my job. I was able to do what I needed to do and, uh, you know, be a good troop. But, um, but just when I went home and this, and I knew I had met my, my wife at this point. And it's really funny. Cause it's like the things that you can get away with telling yourself when you don't have another person close to you to reflect back what you're putting out there, you know, um, yeah. versus when you have somebody there that can and she was saying hey look you know i mean uh so you know something kind of seems off sure for you you know well yeah I mean, and, and so having that having somebody else there is great support but also a great mirror to really show yeah. you where um not where you're falling short but where you may be hurting or where you may be having challenges yeah. that yeah. you may not see yourself yeah so that that in exactly. and of itself is a is a way of supporting, uh, although at times it may mm. not feel like it, but it is. I mean, help having <laughs> them show you uh, the 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 struggles or where you are coming up short a little bit. That's that is support um, in its own right. So yeah, that's that's great that oh, you had her there. Yeah, yeah, it really was. It was uh, it was yeah, it was a big deal, um, and. I started, uh, I started realizing that I, I needed more help, um, than I was going to be able to get while I was in the, in the military to be in like, for instance, and I, I don't know how it is now, but at that time, um, you had to have a top secret clearance to be in the band in DC just cause of not cause we were like high speed or anything, but just, we were like, we were in we were with people and in places that were sensitive. Sure. And, um, so we, we had to be able to be completely trusted. And, uh, and at that time, you know, I know if you went for seeking mental health help, uh, it was, it was, it was a red flag and it was, you know, there was every chance that, uh, you might lose your clearance. Um, and that I was, you know, that kind of freaked me out. And this was in, yeah, it's like, Oh, Oh one, Oh two, something oh, wow, like that. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I knew that, I knew that, uh, it's just, I knew, I knew I wasn't going to be able to stay and that, that bummed me out. Um, cause I really, I liked being in the band, um, but I really liked being in the military. Um, well, that was my and, last question, actually. Was was how was that for you mentally? Even though you were having uh, kind of a mental health challenge, um, and then you realized that you were going to have you were going to have to leave the military with that. How was leaving the military for you mentally? Um, I mean. In some ways, it felt like a relief because I knew that I was going to be able to focus on 
you know, something that I wanted to do, which is to, to, to go back home and, and try to make music kind of in the place that I was, was brought up and that I loved. Um, so that, so there was a lot of positive there. Um, but I was also, I was, and I, and I almost didn't realize it until later how, how bummed out I was, um, about it, how sad, um, sad I was. Yeah. Um, I took a lot of pride in being in the military. I sure. took a lot of pride in serving in some capacity. I mean, like I said, I mean, I was, there was not an ounce of heroic Billy badass stuff that I was doing, but I was still in, you know, I was still a part of it. You're serving the country. Yeah. And, and that just, that felt like a big part for me. I don't know. It was just, it was big for me. Um, and, and to give that up was big too. Um, and, uh, and that part wasn't any good. Um, so yeah, um, I struggled with that, uh, but I came home and we came home and, uh, kind of started, started getting a little bit of help, started getting a little medication, um, and getting some counseling. And, uh, I had, you know, right before I, when I decided I was going to get out, uh, at that point I did, you know, I wasn't as worried about, uh, I wasn't as worried about my clearance anymore. Um, you know, I knew I had, I had told the, I had told my superiors that I wasn't going to be reenlisting. And, um, so at that point I went in, I just, I had had a particularly down, uh, period. And I, so I went into, I decided I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go into, uh, go to the clinic and I'm going to say, look, I, I don't feel good in my head. And, um, I want to know. And so I did, and I don't know, maybe, the, maybe this guy was just having a bad day or something, but he gave me like a questionnaire and first time I'd ever really filled out like that sort of questionnaire. And I, I was like, kind of, I suppose, I, you know, to, to be fair, I was kind of probably minimizing some of what I was feeling, you know, right. I was kind of trying sure. to be a tough guy to help and, um, he, <laughs> it was snowing outside that day and it was the end of the day and you could tell the guy just wanted to go home and he looked at the thing and he said, yeah, you're fine. Just go home, go home and get some sleep. Wow. And, uh, this is the guy working yeah. at the mental health clinic. Yeah. And I was doc. Uh, oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that I was just, I went home and, and it was like, it's like the first time I'd reached out for help beyond my wife. And, uh, that's just man that felt like shit yeah <laughs> that bet. felt like that and um sorry pardon the swear um <laughs> it's all right and uh i yeah i i just it, it that that was not good and i went home and i told my wife and my wife is really bad um but at so then the, at the uh, she doctor got, who had had marginalized yeah, what you had mentioned yeah yeah wow. yeah and uh so anyway so she actually hooked me up with her doctor who was a civilian um and i went in and i talked to her her doctor who was really nice and um and was very just uh validating i guess would be the word and uh so actually that you know that that's actually when i come to think of it started um a small dose of uh, medication um which you know i know i know for some people they want to stay off medication uh, it's but got its for time me, and place, it's man, been, for sure. 
It does. And it's been really important for me. Um, I, I, like, I know what life is like off med and, um, I know what like what life is like on med and there have been periods when I've tried to go off med. Um, cause I just felt like, Hey, I'm doing pretty good. I think I can do without this. And for me, and I'm, this is not for everybody, but for me, it just, there's something very chemical, physical in my brain that if it's not in the same way that, you know, if somebody's not getting their insulin or whatever, you know, they're going to have a diabetic coma, uh, like, I don't have my meds, you know, it's going to be real bad in my brain. So, um, realizing that, you know, it was just, it was like, okay, man, I, I gotta go, you know, I can't, I can't do this here. Right. Um, so as I said, we came home, uh, started, uh, getting some counseling, um, which that has ended up being one of one of the most important relationships in my life, the fellow that I started seeing there uh, a little while after we came home is the fellow I still see now. Um, and uh, matter of fact, I'm seeing him later today. And uh, you. it's, yeah, it's, you know, I just, I, one of the things I really love about your podcast, John, and what you're doing and uh, what veterans path is doing is, the destigmatizing of seeking mental health help. Right. Um, you know, I know, I don't, again, I don't know what it's like in the military now, but I know that when I was in, um, there was very much a stigma and, uh, you know, and, and it was not something that it was really okay to ask for. Uh, At least that was certainly my experience. Um, and I think, I think it's, from listening to your podcast, I think it's a little better now. I hope it is. Um, it is. It's getting it's getting but, better. Um, and you know, there's organizations like Veterans Path that are helping with that. And then uh, and then just people within the military are, are helping um, from from the leadership all the way down to the lowest ranks. Uh, just realizing that seeking mental health support is not a sign of weakness; it's a sign of maintenance that you want to maintain. Yeah. Uh, mental health. I mean, did I just say physical health? Uh, yeah, I meant I meant mental mental health. Um, so you know, seeking that mental health support is not a sign of weakness at all. And and uh, one of the things that I I did when I was um, in in a leadership role was I ended up putting this big calendar behind me at my desk, and I would write when I had uh, psych appointments, uh, both psychologist and psychiatrist appointments on on the calendar in big red and guys would come up, come by and ask me, yeah, Hey man, what's wrong? And I was like, well, nothing's wrong. I just, I just need to maintain my state of mental health. And, uh, That's awesome. and I saw a change in guys. And, um, I've said, I've told this story before and I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I'm, I'm just saying that there's things like that, that people can do. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, perhaps you could kind of use something like that to help to share, share and, uh, rather share the, fact that mental health support is not a, a sign of weakness, like I've said before. Sorry, I kind of stumbled over my words there. But um, yeah, so if you don't mind, I'm going to kind of switch subjects um, and, yeah. and kind of go back in time, if, if you're comfortable discussing this, and uh, is, is your childhood. Um, yeah. What did, what did your childhood look like for you? And, and uh, you know, can you go into some, some detail as, as much as you feel comfortable telling us? Yeah. Um, you know, my, my childhood was, 
really good um, up until I was about uh, I was eleven, um, and uh, you know I I grew up in a small town, pretty safe. People were really nice. Um, it was a good it's a good place, and uh, I got a chance to uh, go down to a uh, there was there was this um, traveling choir boys choir american boy choir uh that came through uh town they they were a touring choir uh, kind of an international thing um and uh so they came through i was a really musical kid they that's kind of what they did to recruit um is they they'd go through and you know provide an opportunity at the end of the concert and for kids to try out for it um so I didn't really want to try out for it, but uh, people kind of thought I should. And I was, uh, because yeah, you were talented. Because I was talented, yep. Um, so I tried out, and then I uh, they wanted me to come down and check out the place, and I did. And uh, so I went down, and um, yeah, it was uh, unfortunately not a good experience for me. Um, I got a lot of good musical training. I will, I will give, you know, credit where credit is due, but, um, uh, it was a, unfortunately a haven for, um, pedophiles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was, you know, I, I, I don't want to go into too much sure, uh, detail, sure, but yeah. it was, it was, but it was bad. Um, it was, it was, it was real bad. And, uh, I suffered there and, um, and I, I suffered and I locked it away. And, um, and I just, I just kind of thought like, I just, I, I just needed to come home after that. Um, and, and, and so you kind of, you ate, it's something you age out of. Um, so I basically aged out of it and, uh, well, I came home. Do you really age out of it? I mean, I think even in our discussions and and some of the, <clears throat> excuse me, some of the email that we swapped back and forth, you mentioned the body keeping the score. Um, did, oh, did the... I'm sorry. No, the, I, I I misspoke. Then uh, what what I mean is, you you can only be there like between. Oh, I don't sorry. Know, okay, it that's was a misunderstanding. On my part. Got it. Eleven or thirteen, something like that. No. So when I say I aged out, I mean. Like I was there for two and a half years, and then I was gotcha. too old to be there. Okay, yeah, that's because my, my, my voice changed. <laughs> it's, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, no. So, oh no, no. <laughs> um, do not age out of stuff. Um, that's actually um, a, a really good point. Um, yeah. Anyway, the uh, I so yeah, so I got I got too old. You 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 graduate from there when you're in eighth grade. Uh, which is what I meant. So I came home back to Holton and, uh, and, you know, and I just, I try, I, I just locked it away. You know, I didn't, it felt unbelievably shameful and somehow like it was my fault. And, um, you know, it was happening to me and it was happening to other kids. And, um, and, and it just felt like this bad dream that if I, and I pretended it wasn't there, maybe it would go away. So, and I suppose, you, did, so I suppose I, you lock it away. How, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. How, how much longer after you lock it away did it did it come back to you? 
Yeah, it started. It started to. It would hit me in weird ways, uh, and I wouldn't entirely understand what was going on. Um, you know, like I remember, like basic training's weird for everybody, probably. Um, yeah. You know, but like I remember there were times when like stuff that would just be kind of normal um, in terms of military training felt like like instant panic attack for me. Um, uh, like, like at night, especially, um, you know, if, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, to like freak you out, like instructors would come in in the middle of the night, wake you up, you know, make you do push ups, whatever. Right. Um, you know, uh, not a big deal, but like for me, that was in there, it was, it was recreating a dynamic, um, that was, um, highly abusive. And, uh, so for me, that was very triggering, but I didn't even understand what it was triggering. Like I, when I say I locked it away, I locked it the hell away. Sure. Um, and, uh, but then, um, yeah, so about six years into my military service, that's when it started trickling out. I, and I think I met my wife and she was kind of like this super safe person from, she was somebody I could like talk to about anything. Um. And the more we talked and the more just, you know, I began to trust and just things started trickling out. And, um, and that's when, that's when it just started coming out and unlocking. Yeah. And, uh, and you mentioned the six mark in your military career being when your mental health kind of started fading when you were considering the PJs but then you realized that you were struggling with something. So do you think this was that coming back? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. It was, it was, it was, it was that digging itself out. It was like, I think something in me knew that it was going to kill me one way or another. Um, and that if it didn't get out of me, uh, it, it, it would, it would kill me. And, um, and it didn't, and, and I, and that it, and meeting my wife, I think created that space where it was like, okay, like, this is your chance. You, you have, you have an ally here, a partner here who can help you live through this. And, um, and so that began that journey. Uh, and so, yeah, so, you know, that was. From from yeah, so I mean, kind of. I guess we're kind of jumping in time here, but no, like uh, this, this kind of tells the full story. It's uh, I think it's important that we kind of tie it all together. Yeah, yeah. So so yes, absolutely. That was the that was the thing. That was that was what started coming, and uh, and 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 so I I tried to I guess deal with it as best I could, but it's it's one of those things that. It's, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to let your mind wrap itself around it. You know, sure. you don't. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, I mean, so I get out. Yeah, you get out in. You said two thousand one that you got out. No, I got out in 03. Okay. Uh, okay. I for I was I left active duty in oh uh, two or late oh two, and I was on inactive reserve until uh, mid oh three. Got it. So. We talked about in in the beginning uh, during the intro, you're having been sober for six and a half years. Was alcohol yeah. one one of your 
drugs of choice to address what you were dealing with? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, I really felt like uh, it was like al- alcohol was freedom to me um, in a lot of ways uh, at that time because it, it just dulled things out so that I could, I could deal, you know, and especially I, when I started realizing that I was very anxious in, in, in groups when I was very anxious um, at gigs. I mean, that's the irony is I'm, I'm a person who really doesn't like being around a lot of people, um, especially large groups of people who make their living being around large groups of people. And, uh, so, you know, when you're a musician, a lot of times you get whatever, like free, free booze, free drinks. And, uh, and it just, it became a lifestyle. I mean, it just became what I did. And, uh, it was, it was really, it just, and I, again, it's like one of those things where I kept it together pretty good on the surface, you know? Um, but I got so that I was killing a bottle of whiskey just too damn much. Yeah. Um, so after a few years of that, uh, I just, I, I, I knew I had to, I knew I had to quit. I I just knew it was, I knew it was going to kill me. You know, um, and, and, you know, meanwhile, though, like, I'm still like at this point in time, I am meditating at this point, you know, so when I'm, did you get introduced I'm getting, to meditation? Uh, you know, I think, uh, I, I've been aware of it um, okay. for a long time, but I did, but I, I thought of meditation as like, you sit down and enter into some other magical realm of reality and, uh, you know, and basically it was kind of like magic, um, and kind of, and kind of something that either Tibetan Buddhist monks did or hippies. Um, and, uh, I was neither. And, uh, same same stereotype I had. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, and so my, my counselor, uh, suggested it. Uh, he said, look, I mean, you got, you got nothing to lose with it. Absolutely nothing to lose with it. At this time, by this time, this guy had very much had my trust, you know? So, I mean, if he, if he said, Hey, you should check this out, then I was at least going to check it out. So, so I checked it out. Um, and I just started kind of doing, uh, I, I just started doing a lot of reading about it, which is, which is how I started checking it out. And, uh, in reading about it, um, it, it started seeming, doable uh you know like just sit for a few minutes uh the goal is not to attain some is not to attain enlightenment uh it's just to sit there for five minutes and you know like that's and that's so that's how i start is just sitting um and and i and it was excruciating uh i hated it i really freaking hated it and um because sitting with myself at that time in my life, um, letting my thoughts just kind of happen, it was, uh, it was tolerable, but I, I, you know, so, I mean, so sporadically I'd, I'd try it. I don't know, but there was something in me that knew that it was a useful tool and my counselor kept, uh, kind of coming back to it too. 
Um, eventually I found, you know, just kind of breath counting yeah. and, and, and that, and that one really kind of, that, that helped me turn a corner. Um, uh, that was extremely helpful. Um, because once I started doing that, instead of focusing on like a, like a visual focal point or, or, a an image in my excuse me, in my mind, it was just focusing on counting that breath. And that's, that's still my primary tool today, but that was, that's what got me doing it. So, you know, I mean, so, so eventually like, okay, you know, I can, I can focus on this, thing. this, this, I can wrap my head around. So I started doing that. Um, and that was, shoot, I want to say that was like, oh, oh, four, something like that is when I, when I actually started doing it regularly, you know, and, and saying, okay, like I can, I can do this, then this is helping. Cause at first it, it didn't, and until I got to the counting thing, I, it didn't seem to help. But when I got to the counting thing, I could see that at the end, I was a little calm. Um, I was a little more focused and, and that was, that was good enough. You know, like that was like, okay, something, um, it's cool. Was that instantly so, after the first time doing your, your counting, your counting breaths, or was that, you know, several weeks? The counting? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I would say, like, again, just the, the just sitting with my thoughts or, you know, or uh, the, like, the guided type stuff, um, that was, that was not instant at all. Yeah. Um, but doing the, but doing the counting, um it was, I mean, and, and when I say, like, I was losing count, like, after, um, like, five, like, yeah. five breaths. I'd lose count and have to start over again. And, but it was a time thing. That was, I guess, maybe the, so the combination of the being, like, I knew, okay, all I got to do is one thing for five minutes. And I can do that. And I, and I, I know it's okay to start over. Like, that, that's cool. So I could commit to that. You know, I could wrap my head around and yeah, I would say, I mean, after the first, probably the first time I did it, I just, I just felt calmer, you know, it wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't like, I didn't see God. I just was like, you know, okay, this, there's something to this. There's, yeah. I'm going to keep doing this. Nice. Yeah. And and then you've been doing it since that 15 plus years. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I would say uh, it's been one of the, key things for me uh to like getting sober uh for sure uh it uh ha- being able to focus being able to walk yourself back from a a panic place is uh a pretty big deal you know um being able to so instead of taking a drink break you know uh i could go find a little quiet spot somewhere go out to my car and take a breathing break um and, and you know and for a long time that was a very poor substance for, for booze um in my mind but but it was better than nothing and uh so yeah i mean um again sorry i'm kind of jumping around here I, I i this tried a bunch of modalities <laughs> i tried a bunch of modalities uh um yoga yoga nidra uh-huh. um which yeah. I, which I believe IRS is based on. It is. Um, if I'm, As if I'm correct. Fact, 
I'm I'm getting certified in that right now. Oh no doubt, that's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. When when I found out a a, a good friend of mine, um, who was a, a uh, at the time he was a school counselor, I think. Um, he uh, he told me about IRS, and I checked it out, and I was like, wow, this is really awesome. And uh, yeah, I really liked it. And after after that, I I found somebody who did yoga nidra and um, just had some really had some really good sessions with that as well. Um, just kind of because I think um, yeah, actually, you referenced the body keeping score uh, right. earlier, and and yeah, I mean, I was just I was talking to my wife yesterday uh, about that, just how. It just amazes me how much, how, how trauma lives in your body. You know, um, it's like it's processed through your mind, but then it goes and lives somewhere in your body. Right. And, um, and it's, it's, I'm still, I'm still wrapping my head around, but it, it, it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. Um, the, the extent to which that is case which is why um, I think yoga is, is so great. Um, I do, I try to do yoga like once a week. Nice. Um, and, uh, and I, yeah, I mean, like, but I think that if any physical discipline um, that you can do mindfully um, is, is useful for that, you know, especially when you, when you connect, uh, when you connect, your breath to move. Um, there's something just really uh, not magical, but there's there's something really powerful that happens. For sure. And and yeah, it, and it I, 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 your I vagus nerve. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. yeah as a matter of fact, um, here in about an hour, I'm I'm interviewing a yoga therapist, and she's going to speak about uh, all this same stuff uh, as far as the the yoga oh, cool. piece of it. So. I'll uh, I'll send you the link once uh, once that episode is live, and then you can hear why why the uh, yoga actually works, the science behind it. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. So, um, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Your uh, your thoughts on the use of meditation and mindfulness to mitigate the effects of post traumatic stress, mil- mental illness, and sub- substance abuse. I imagine you've got some pretty strong thoughts on that. <laughs> I do have some strong thoughts on that. Uh, I, you know, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's just so incredibly important um, to find something that works for you. I, I've listened to your podcast. I've, I've listened to this podcast um, quite a bit, and uh, since you started it, oh, thanks, and man. one of the things. Oh man, I love. By the way, I, I just want to say thank you for what you're doing because it's so important. It's so important to talk about this stuff, uh, and I think it's particularly important for somebody um, with a background like you. You know, I mean, you're like legit uh, certifiable badass to be talking <laughs> about. I don't know about that. Uh, just, just accept it. Just accept it, man. It's, you know, <laughs> it's like it's it's it's. Um, to how I mean, like that because that's that's when I was getting my journey. That's at least maybe that was out there, but it's not something I had. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not an example I should say that I that I had um, to follow. 
you know, uh, right. it felt really weird. It felt really, um, I mean, and, and this feels archaic now to say it like this, but it felt kind of unmanly and, sure. uh, you know, to seek help, to seek, um, this kind of healing, you know, um, but, you know, to have, to have somebody, um, you know, like you doing this and speaking out and, and like being the example, uh, like your subordinates too, you know, like when you, when you mentioned your, your calendar, yeah. um, you know, is I mean, like that, that's the way conversation changes. You know, it's not, it's not people telling people what they ought to do, which is why I'm kind of hesitant to say, you know, to be like, this is what you should do if you want right. to get sober and you want to, sure. you know, like, I, I know what, I know what works for me. But I know that I know that what I do know is that people uh, when people live their process, live their healing and they're not ashamed of it and they don't hide it, um, you know, and, and then and they're not put in people's faces either. But like but they're just they're like, hey, this is who I am. This is my this is what I'm going through and this is how I'm dealing with it. And it's. Like when it's somebody you respect, when it's somebody that like who's <laughs> for lack of a better way to put it, your you know, whose credentials you admire. Um, like that's powerful. That's more powerful than your doctor saying, you know, this this is what you need to do or or whatever. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And it's it's uh definitely humbling. Um, but I'm I'm proud to help with spreading this word being a part of it but it's it's people like you that are coming out and sharing your story that that are sharing your story with me so uh, i certainly appreciate that man so yeah so oh, absolutely when you do share your story uh, i mean maybe not in as depth as much depth as you have today when you share your story when you share that you're meditating what is the typical response um you know it's it's funny i because i've been doing working some of the same places some of the same gigs for so long um you know people have kind of seen my journey publicly yeah uh you know within my within my community and so it's been overwhelmingly uh i would say positive uh you know um and 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 like I said, I mean, this is it's not in any way something that I'm like, I try never to be evangelical about it um, just because I see, I don't know. I it, Well, because that never worked for me. You know, like people telling me what I ought to do always really turned me off right. and I don't want to do that. Uh, so I, uh, but, you know, it, it's really cool for me and especially it's happened a lot lately. I About a year ago, for whatever reason, something really shifted for me. My sobriety got a lot easier. Nice. Um, my, my mental health um, got a lot um, consistently better. Uh, um, and I, I credit, I mean, well, there's a lot of things to credit. Um, you know, my, my counselor is awesome. My wife is awesome. Um, and, you know, and my, but my practice way that I could never have foreseen. And, uh, and I'm in a place that I didn't think was possible 10 years ago. Um, you know, and, and I, and I just, 
so so I think that especially in the last year, people have seen me um, just kind of live that, yeah. and and so I get I so I get people coming up to me every now and then. It's not a lot, but like every now and then, somebody's like, "Hey, man, you know, I feel like I'm drinking too much." You know, I mean, like what? You know, what did you do? You That's know, and awesome. so so we'll just talk about it. And I, and I don't I don't I don't tell them what to do. You know, and I don't say nobody should drink or you shouldn't drink. You know, I just say. You know, look, man. I mean, this is how that was for me. This is how it is for me now. Um, you know, if you want to talk, let's talk. But you know, whatever. Um, I, I one thing that has started happening is um, so my my wife actually wrote a book uh, a few years ago. She's a writer, and uh, it was about not my experience um, at the boy choir, but us dealing with the effect of that um, uh-huh. in our marriage. Um, the, and so when that came out, um, you know, I mean, it was, I don't know if everybody that I know knew about it, but, you know, or I should say everybody I work with knew about it, but a lot of it did. Um, and so, you know, people, people seem a little more willing, uh, to talk, talk to me about things that are kind of ugly sometimes for them, you know? And, um, and they, and especially as they've gotten to know that like meditation is, and mind, and mindfulness is a huge part of my life. Um, you know, people have just started asking about it and like, Hey, what do you, you know, again, like kind of like, like what do you do, you know, or what right. do you, uh, you know, would you, is, what are you reading right now? What would you suggest? You know, I, I want to get started meditating, you know, stuff like that. And, um, so it's like, it is, it is one of the greatest honors of my life to be able to share those little bits of things that have worked for me because I know how life-changing and um, literally life-saving they are. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's why, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing uh, because it, it changed my mind, changed my life and uh, quite literally saved my life. And I, and I've seen it, I've seen it do the same with, uh, with others that have been on the podcast. I've seen it do the same with others that have gone through veterans path or that are doing it on their own. It's a, it's a huge life changing and life saving practice or practices. So, yeah, I mean, I think, and, and I think the sharing of your story with others, that's good for both parties. It's good for the person telling the story. It's therapeutic. It's uh, and, mm. and, and then on the other side, to hear that, hear people be vulnerable and then share what it is they've been through and how, you know, they found the, uh, a path, a path to, to getting better, not necessarily the singular path, but a path that worked for them. I think that's important. So thank you for, uh, thank you for sharing your story, man. I, I appreciate it. So what uh, else, uh, what have we got covered, man, uh, that, that you want to make sure we cover on the show? Oh man. Uh, well, uh, I guess as I'm thinking about it, I want to, or if there's anybody out there, uh, is, you know, struggling with the effects of childhood sexual abuse. Um, and especially if you're in a relationship with somebody and, um, and that's (laughs) hard for them, uh, I would check out, uh, the, the book that my wife wrote. Um, it's called, uh, dirt roads and diner pie. Her name's Shauna Millican Humphrey. Um, it's, it's just, it's a good book. We've gotten a lot of 
feedback from it about just it being helpful because like like people know that it's hard for people who have suffered that sort of abuse in their own lives but what a lot of people don't talk about is how hard it is for their partners um because it brings up it brings up issues in the relationship that are just not uh normal, normal. you know yeah. not good i wouldn't say and, not, not uh, normal but just aren't uh your everyday yeah sure man yeah um, so that was dirt roads Dirt Roads and Diner Pie. There it is. Okay. I'll make sure I share a link to that, Dirt Roads and Diner Pie, by Shauna Millican Humphrey right there. Um, so I'll share a link to that when, when we publish this episode. Cool, man. And, yeah, and just one more thing that um, I that I uh, I just want people to know is that it's just something that came to me a while back. It's like you gotta you you gotta be relentlessly resilient, and and that's something you can train for. Um, you gotta you gotta keep getting back up because it's life, um, and life can be really hard. And even even I mean, people who have it all still still suffer right. greatly, you know. Um, and so like regardless of your circumstance. Um, just know that you can and you will outlive your pain. You know, some people, I just, I, I know, I know a lot of people who they give up and, you know, they take their life and, um, and I, and, and honestly, I get it. I get the urge. I really do. Um, Cause you feel like you will never outlive the pain and that there are times when it's just so intolerable that anything is better than that. But, if you can breathe through it and that's for me i mean i will just say for me when i get to that point i know now i can breathe through that if i breathe if i can keep breathing um i can keep living and bringing it back to the breath yeah. is, is just thing. and so you know just you can you will outlive your pain you train for that um and it's all about starts with it starts with breath and with breathing and um yeah and just you know i think one more thing that just i was thinking about recently if i could just share is just, like um a lot of times for me um when i've felt all the you know the negative stuff whatever you want to call it the demons the the just the, the pain my instinct is to push it away um it is it is to get away from it as hard as i can that's that's why I drank, you know, that's why I drank so much. Um, but something, something that my counselor kind of said, but really just helped me recently was, um, when you see that, instead of trying to push it away, look at it, look like turn, don't turn away from it, turn into it, acknowledge it. Um, and this is the really weird, like, non-intuitive counterintuitive part of it but like give it a hug offer it some love and then let it go wow and just uh, you know look you do you you know i i can't control you you're gonna be here you're gonna be here but i'm not gonna be afraid of you i'm gonna i'm gonna say there's enough love in me to share with you and maybe you need it as much as i do whatever 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 energy you are whatever you know that is hurting me 
I'm going to give you, I'm going to offer you some love. I'm going to give you a hug. I'm going to, I'm going to see you. And then I'm going to, I'm going to let go of that hug. Say, you know, you, you go do you, you be, be you, but you know, it's, it's okay. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know for me, man, that that's just been powerful. And I've, I've been operating with that lately and it's been, it's been really useful. I think it's great. Yeah. You don't waste, you don't waste energy trying to fight it. And you also don't waste energy trying to hide it and lock it up and then hold it, hold it in this box for, for years. You just turn into yeah. it, embrace yeah. it and, and, you know, let it know that who's boss, I guess. So good for you, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love, yeah. I love I mean, that. It's I like love the, that story. It's the ultimate power, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, Hey man, I'm, I'm, I'm strong. I'm strong enough to love, even though you're hurting, you know? Right. Um, yeah. It's just like what we teach our kids with bullies, you know, kill them with love. We'll kill these kind of emotions yeah. and memories with love and, and just let it be. And then, and then let it go. So, yeah. well, brother, what's, uh, yeah. what's the best way for somebody to get a hold of you if they wanted to reach out and kind of, uh, pick your brain or, learn some more about you outside of what we've covered yeah um let's see here my website is uh travis james um and uh my 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 email is travis at james humphrey.com so you know you can send me an email uh i check it fairly regularly um and um yeah and i'm you know i'm always up for uh i'm always up for talking mindfulness and meditation so yeah uh, yeah well travis this has been great man i I really appreciate your your being so open to sharing your story because like we said i think sharing those stories and and then sharing the fact that you were able to seek mental health support and then that you are an avid practitioner of mindfulness and meditation i I think that's important for our, our listeners to to hear that story so thank you so much for coming on the show brother Oh, man, thanks for having me, and thanks for doing what you're doing. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. For our listeners, thanks for listening to our show. Hang tight after the show to listen to one of Travis's great songs. Please check out Veterans Path online at veteranspath.org. We are on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it with your friends and family. And remember, listeners, you can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the donate button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. And now, as promised, here's Travis. Staring into the shadows, I hope it won't be too. Turn into the shadows I hope it won't be too long I'm growing thin on courage Finding it harder to be strong Staring into the shadows Finding truth and pain Turn into the shadows and find the truth and pain.
I'm cold and broken, but I'll be warm and whole again. I guess it might take just a little bit more time Oh, 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 and I'm waiting on the sun to shine Sun 